back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. I told you in the last segment I was going to take a moment to give you the, the, what the Democrats had to say in response to the governor's state of the state address. So let me make good on that promise. It's going to take a, a moment here, but I want, uh, just in the spirit of fairness, to play for you uh, what they had to say. So yesterday it was the Governor Herbert's final state of the state address, his 11th, uh, and he, uh, after that, uh, the, the Democrats... They respond. That's a you know kind of a traditional thing that happens. And so here is a, one little bit of what uh, Senator Karen Maine had to say, and then we'll follow that up with what Representative King had to say. Our charge is to protect and defend the rights of the people who call the state their home, and to listen to their voices as we govern. And yet there are far too many elected officials who disregard the voices of Utahns. It's no wonder that so many Utahns have become cynical and discouraged about the government in the state. I am proud to serve with my fellow Democratic legislators who do listen to the people. Every day that we serve, we strive to make sure that the voices of all Utahns are heard within these halls. And in response to that, uh, by or I'm sorry, in addition to what Senator Maine had there to say, Representative King uh, shared the following. In the past year, Democrats have continued to fight on the side of the people of this state, defending their right to their constitutionally guaranteed political power. When voters use their authority to fully expand Medicaid in order to provide affordable access to quality health care for thousands of Utahns, we listened. When voters used that same power to make medical cannabis legal, we listened. And just last month, when the state's leaders passed a tax bill that increased the sales tax on food and slashed $160 million from our education fund, we again listened to the people of this state. All right, so that's it for uh, today's coverage of the State of the State Address. We heard from the governor. We heard uh, the Democrat leaders giving their response. And uh, the next time you and I are talking about State of the State Addresses, it will be after a new governor uh, delivers their first uh, address next year or the year after. Uh, And uh, anyway, we're looking forward to that. Listen, this segment fascinating topic. In my hand, I'm holding on to uh, a document. A document, uh, it's uh, an ordinance, rather, uh, passed by the Uinta County Commission unanimously uh, Wednesday morning, and it is something called a uh, uh, Second Amendment Sanctuary Ordinance. And in studio today, I am joined uh, by two Uinta County Commissioners, Bill Stringer and Bart Haslam, are both here in studio with me. I'm grateful to you for making the drive all the way uh, from Vernal, although I, I presume that you may not have made the drive just for me. You may have other things on the agenda. I'm grateful, though, to take advantage of your presence here uh, in the city. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us. Let me ask you, and get right up here close to those microphones, Uh, Mr. Stringer, tell me how this came about. Why is it that Uinta County is involved in an effort like this? You know, actually, I think I'd like to defer that one to Commissioner Haslam. Sure. You know, as a a commissioner, we we look over and watch over the people in our our community. And as we've seen uh, what was going on in Virginia... Um, we and seeing the movement going across the country of of doing something like this, we in Virginia making reference to the governor out there, the and governor, legislators yeah. who have made it known that they'd like to impose certain gun restrictions uh, on the folks there, pass certain bits of legislation that would re- restrict the ability for folks to enjoy their firearms. Right, and we and they actually have just a few counties. I think it's four counties that's that's running the whole state and and 
putting these policies in place that affect our rights to, to have guns. Northern Virginia, there are a lot of folks that live up there. I myself lived in Alexandria, and right. so I know what uh, what it's like out there. There are uh, the counties that are very close to Washington, D.C. Uh, they share not only geography, but ideology. And so what you say is that uh, uh, those uh, big city counties, they're kind of the, uh, the folks that make the decisions that have ramifications for the rest of the state. Yes, and so what we want to do is we want to be ahead of the game. And so we had looked at it at that, and we thought that we would uh, put our own um, our our attorney uh, drafted this ordinance for us, and and so we would be ahead of the curve instead of behind the curve. So we, that's why we stepped in. Now let's take a step backwards and get some things defined. What what exactly have you done? What does this ordinance do that you passed on Wednesday morning? The main thing that it does is it states that you in a county is a wholehearted supporter of the Second Amendment and that by signing this resolution that Uinta County will not expend any money or any staff time in in addressing issues that we believe are not consistent with the Second Amendment. So if if a law is passed or if there's a, a notion or a and I don't know what else it might come in, but to say, well, we're we're going to, we need you to do this. We need you to go and we need you to do these things um, relating to guns, ammunition, that we would say, well, we don't see where that is consistent with the Second Amendment. And our ordinance does not allow our county sheriff or employees to engage in that. So... So you're saying if there, if there is a, uh, a firearms regulation that, in the view of the county, violates the Constitution, for example, these red flag laws? Potentially. Potentially. If, if a law like that violates the, the constitutional right to the Second Amendment uh, in the county of Uinta, uh, law enforcement is uh, disallowed from enforcing those laws. Exactly. You know, you know they're going to... There's, there's a lot of different ways that they, they can look at doing that. I mean, in the past, it could be a tax upon ammunition or guns that would be raised so high that you couldn't afford to have them. And we will not. We will not support that. Now, go I, ahead. I, I think it's important to note, and, and we, we made this clear during the discussion on the ordinance, that the Supreme Court, um, the, there are those that can, there are reasons why any constitutional right may be narrowly defined to address a specific issue. It's just that the the nature of saying free speech, sure. as an example, you still can't yell fire in a crowded theater. So, But that's a very specific thing. It doesn't say, well, let's start with that and go on to anything we don't like is now will be prohibited. So the same thing with firearms. If there is someone that for whatever reason, under an existing law, is not allowed because of something that has already been through a court and determined. A, a felon. A felon. Say, you, you, you're not, yes. this, this ordinance of yours doesn't allow felons to that now is have crimes or those convicted of uh, domestic violence type uh, crimes. We, we are far more concerned with sweeping indiscriminate 
laws or restrictions on the Second Amendment. Now, uh, listen, you, th- there is a choice that you had to make along this process at some point. You as uh, commissioners, you have uh, some legislative options per se. You can uh, you can pass either resolutions, which we have seen uh, you know, at the state legislature or in Congress expressing the will of or the desire or the attitude of. Uh, you didn't take that route. Uh, you have passed uh, an ordinance. And, uh, well, in the, I, I listened to the events as they transpired yesterday, or I'm sorry, on, on Wednesday morning. And uh, after you had cast the vote, the unanimous vote, to pass this ordinance, uh, there were some members of the public that got up and asked a few questions. One gentleman, uh, he got up and, and had this question to ask. My question is, does this thing have any teeth? Or is it just a gesture to pat us on the head and make us feel good and go home and be quiet. In response to that question, the attorney, I'm assuming who you had employed to uh, to draft this for you, responded this way. This ordinance was drafted in a way, and, and I made sure that I put provisions in there, that we are pulling from the authority of the U.S. Constitution. We're not just saying we're going to defy state law or defy federal law. We are saying the U.S. Constitution is the prevailing law of the land, And the U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled that the Second Amendment is a fundamental right. And we are saying that that will be the controlling law in Uinta County. So it does have teeth. We're not we're not trying to pick a fight with the state of Utah, not trying to pick a fight with um, a a different federal administration. We're saying the, the U.S. Constitution is clear. The U.S. Supreme Court has clearly ruled the way it has ruled. And we are not going to use county resources to support unconstitutional. The commissioners down there in Uinta County, they have passed an ordinance which declares for the first time in the state of Utah a county uh, to be declared, declared, as they put it, a Second Amendment sanctuary. We're joined in studio uh, by two of those commissioners from Uinta County. We're going to take a quick break, talk more after the break here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.